Welcome to Strange Darkness Radio, where we take you on a journey into the unknown and explore the darkest corners of the human experience. I'm Sky, the AI voice of the show, and I'm excited to introduce your hosts, Bobby Washington and Carolyn Gray. Together, they will be your guides through the eerie and unsettling tales that lurk in the shadows. From ghosts and hauntings to cryptids and extraterrestrials, we cover it all. So, get comfortable, turn down the lights, and prepare yourself for a journey into the macabre. It's time for Strange Darkness Radio. Hi, I'm Sky, the AI of the show. Before we dive into tonight's show, let's take a moment for some important housekeeping. Co-host Carolyn Gray will not be joining us on tonight's show. Due to a recent relocation, Carolyn is unable to be with us, but we assure you that she will be back on the next episode of Strange Darkness Radio, where she will continue to give her insightful perspective and valuable insights on the world of paranormal. So joining Bobby on tonight's show is Erica Echeverria. Hey, Erica. This is Bobby. How's it going? Hey, Bobby. Good evening. It's going great. Thank you. Awesome. So you guys, this is uh, the show tonight. We're going to be getting into, how should I put it, Um, Mayan witch culture. I don't even know how to really say it. Uh, Erica, you need to give me a hand with that. Like, you know, what are your practices and and what, you know, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So uh, it's basically called cleansing rites or ritual rites of curanderismo, which is um, Spanish shamanism or, you know, Latin uh, shamanism in, in that sense. Okay. Okay, well, let's go ahead and let Sky uh, introduce you, and then we'll get into it. Perfect. Welcome to another episode of Strange Darkness Radio. Today, we have an extraordinary treat in store for you. This episode is all about our listeners, those who not only tune in faithfully, but also have incredible stories to share. Join us as we welcome a very special guest— a devoted listener of Strange Darkness Radio who has immersed herself in a truly unique practice rooted in Mayan heritage, culture, and spirituality. Allow me to introduce Erica Echeverria, born in the captivating land of El Salvador in Central America. Erica's journey into the mystical realm of the Mayan traditions began in 2019 when she discovered a deep calling within her soul. Venturing into the world of Mesoamerican rituals, she found herself on an extraordinary path, embracing the profound wisdom and ancient knowledge that the curanderismo practice holds. Though relatively new to this captivating realm, Erica's dedication and passion have led her on a transformative journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth. Residing in the enchanting state of Arizona, Erica continues her education under the guidance of several esteemed Mexican mentors. Drawing from their wisdom and expertise, she further immerses herself in the intricate tapestry of Mayan spirituality. But Erica's path extends even further, as she has also embraced various Wiccan and Pagan-based practices. 
By weaving together these diverse spiritual traditions, Erica creates a beautiful tapestry of her own, reflecting her unique perspective and multicultural background. Erica, welcome to Strange Darkness Radio. And again, thank you for coming on tonight. And uh, also, thank you for being an avid listener and, uh, you know, wanting to come on because a lot of people, you know, don't want to take the Pepsi challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. No, I love you guys. I love the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about um, your practice um, and your practices, I would say, because you told me you practice multiple they're not yeah. really religions, right? They're more of um, spirituality or how do Correct. you... Okay. Exactly. Yeah, they're more of uh, Mesoamerican rituals. Mesoamerican being the historical region, roughly between Mexico and Central America. Um, and I stumbled upon this in 2019. And I, I have to say that the first, the first instance or the first little leaf that was was dropped on me in regards to my roots and my ancestry was when I was gifted in a DNA test for ancestry.com. And with that DNA test came the results of an entire world just opening up for me um, when it comes to Mesoamerican history and culture and everything that I had been missing out on. Well, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Cause I'm a firm believer in that. Cause uh, it did the same for me. Once I got my uh, DNA done, a lot of people, you know, they're like, uh, no, the government will have my DNA. But uh, <laughs> luckily you were able to do that. And it was, to, you know, it changed your, your paradigm um, from, it, which, from what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely just it changed my world. And I'm so thankful for that test. Um, it turns out I'm about 13, 14 percent African-American or I'm oh. sorry, African from actual Africa. Okay. Um, I'm about 27% Spaniard uh, colonizer, and I the remaining percentage is sprinkled upon Portugal and some smaller European countries, but mainly Yucatan uh, Mayan. Yeah. Wow. So what were your beliefs before that? Before, the, you know. Yeah. So beforehand, I was raised Roman Catholic in a very Roman Catholic household, uh, but I always challenged it as a little as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, my parents always had a rough time with me because I would challenge everything, including the Bible. It being a book uh, supposedly written by a man, which I challenged and they found that to be very offensive. But as I grew older and I had a son of my own, I actually shifted my beliefs from being a Roman Catholic to an atheist, which almost, yeah, it almost had me completely written off by my entire family. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, you know, life happens, life happens, and some things, really horrible things happen to good people sometimes, and it pushed me into Buddhism. Okay. And it's it's so funny how I stumbled from being Roman Catholic to going to being an atheist and now a Buddhist. I, I am still a practicing Buddhist, but I very much incorporate a lot of uh, Wiccan, pagan, and Mesoamerican ritual rites. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, do they collide with each other as far as when it comes into um, different beliefs as far as... Like whether it's the practice, you know, because, you know, Buddhism is pretty much, you know, 
uh, a inward, you know, self help, mm-hmm. um, you know, take the time, think, you know, um, you know, meditate on it, opposed to with uh, pagan practices, it's more of, you know, you can, it's possible to create a spell or create a, um, you know, something that allows you to speak something into existence. You, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Actually, it's a beautiful dance. Okay. They, they, they dance with each other. And I think if you follow a Buddhist mindset and you have a heart of, of Buddhism, that will flow into all of your rituals and your everyday life. Got it. Yeah, you were telling me also um, that, because uh, we did the last show on um, witch bottles and poppets, that you mm-hmm. also, you know, do those practices or have that, you know, as an added um, repertoire. Under my arsenal. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah, so um, that's the beautiful thing about not being in a religion there is no rules that say yes or no Mm. Um, you can incorporate and and take little bits and pieces from different areas of the world and mesh it together and it still works yeah Um, even mesoamerican ritual rites are completely different than a witch bottle let's say which is something that i wouldn't do when i'm practicing a mesoamerican type of spell or ritual Mm -hmm. um but it's still so beautiful in the intention and it's all with intention, right? And the intention that goes be behind every single spell. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's interesting. That mm-hmm. is definitely interesting. So do you, what do you consider yourself, you know, more aligned with if you ran across an entity or something that totally freaked you out, what would your main thing be to do an incantation for it? So, incantations it's depending right so if if it's let's say a ghost or some sort of um paranormal entity or poltergeist uh, i would that it's actually not even covered within our mesoamerican ritual rites we would probably do um the first first and foremost thing that we would do if if that were the case is cleanse our space and we would do that with something that's called a white fire limpia which translates to white fire cleanse so that's different like if a witch would use sage or something like that to cleanse a particular area you know you could say that it's different but it's actually very similar um our mayan ancestors created a a ritual around fire the fire entity the fire god in itself fire being a powerful, powerful cleansing agent. Um, so where we would incorporate fire to cleanse a space, we would also throw in herbs um, in that in that ritual to also cleanse the space. And that can be sage, that can be rue, that can be lemongrass or very many things. So, and you were saying that also you're, you're continuing your tutelage into the arts, are you using a shaman for that? Or is that something that that you're doing on your own? Right, absolutely. So I am a practicing witch, regrettably here in Arizona. I just have not found a coven that I could join. Um, But the beautiful thing is there is a community here in Arizona where you can go in and you can find like-minded people. You can take classes together 
And I've taken classes for witch bottles, for poppets, for spirit dolls, for just about everything that you can think of. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I can pull my men- as information from my mentor, who also happens to be online. Um, and she's a wonderful, wonderful practicing Mesoamerican teacher. Uh, her name is Erica, also with a K, uh, Buena Flor. And you can find her on Instagram. And she has written several books on cleansing rites of Mesoamerica. Yeah, that was my next question, because Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing, what I got from a lot of people with Silver Rain, um, she comes on the show a lot. Mm -hmm. And they were asking me, well, how do you practice that? Like, who do you go to? Do you automatically have to go to a book? And then if you do... How do you know that this book or these spells or this situation is correct? You know, because it's not like a holy Bible, like here's your rules or here's the Bible and this is what it says. You're pretty much, you know, and again, I was like, I have no clue. You're going to have to contact Silver Rain. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. There is no school of curanderismo. It's a very much um, home-based type of folk magic that has been um, incorporated for many, many hundreds and hundreds of years. In order to gain the title of uh, curandera or curanderics, um, which translates to shaman, you would need to be known within the community as someone who does egg egg limpias, which is egg cleanses, who does work with um, herbs, who's an herbalist, who's a folk massage or chiropractor or bone setter, or even a spiritual healer. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, from my, from my country, El Salvador and Central America, when the Civil War occurred from 19, the 1970s all the way up to the 90s, 72,000 people or more were killed and decimated, including a lot of um, indigenous, indigenous people that perished. Um, A a million more fled, and that would include myself and my family. We fled El Salvador and and landed in New York, and that's where I was raised. So trying to find a teacher and trying to find the right book and the right webpage Mm -hmm. is incredibly difficult. Um, But I just happened to stumble upon it one day, and I think the universe, as, as to some people, has fleeting as that may sound, but the universe does guide you correctly where you need to be at times. And it's with a lot of research, you know, um, learning Mayan um, glyphs and learning the Mayan language and learning how the Mayan people were. It, it takes a lot of research and finding the right mentors, finding the right books that, that make sense. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, people should always go with the universe. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be seems to never be wrong um at least in my life um it's guided me uh very well um in the things that really challenge me or make me think or places that I need to be so I find that interesting hey um you said something really quick cuz I in, in looking up this particular practice I was checking out the egg cleansing and mm-hmm. the whole process of that you know having just putting egg all over you, rolling it in the body to absorb, absorbs negative energy and all these particular uh, healing practices. Uh, they're very, um, I want to say earthly bound in this or, or nature bound, I would say, 
as far as using whether it's, you know, particular herbs, rosemary, eggs. It's just funny how these things have gone on from the beginning of time. And you think this would have, these teachings would have stayed in place. And I don't know if it's Christianity or just religion in general that totally took these um, situations off the map because this obviously helped everybody, you know, whether it's um, different uh, African, you know, spirituality or religion or, you know, Mayan, just all Mm -hmm. the different practices that we used to get us through these decades upon decades upon hundreds of thousands of years to get to this time and space, I believe worked very well. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And it's just a shame that uh, it's hard to to nail down how to do it, how, how, you know, all this lost, you can call it power, you can call it knowledge, you can call it just healing, you know, healing over, you know, that we had to use to get to this level. I just find it very intriguing. I just wish there were more people around that actually knew uh, how to teach, you know, these things. And, you know, luckily you were able to find, you know, someone to teach you. Absolutely. And I did an egg cleanse um, once. And it's funny you say, you know, rubbing it all over your body. It's actually a little bit more um, involved, a little bit more (laughs) involved than just taking an egg and rubbing it. You actually choose your egg. You speak into your egg, you say a prayer, whatever, you know, may call to you if you're religious. If you're not, there's, again, no yes and no, no bad and good um, way to do it uh, when it comes to prayer. And I know in our practice, we use charged, when I say charged, I mean water that's been preyed upon or water that's been charged by the moon, by the full moon or by the sun. And we break the egg after it's been systematically um, passed through the body, we break the egg into into that that glass. And I once did that for a child, and what came out were these black specks at the top of that egg. So it's very much. It's so I'm still in, inspired and awed by it both. At the same time, when I do my my egg limpias on on certain individuals, and it's still very much in use today in Latin America. Yeah, I, f- I find that incredible. It's, it's just, um, you know, like I said, just going down these rabbit holes and um, finding all these particular, you know, again, I'm, to me, it's never a point of, oh, let me try that, because obviously it's a lot that goes into it and Um, whether it's the intention or doing it correctly and just having someone to teach you the process. I I don't know if I'm there yet, but um, learning about all this stuff is just, it's just crazy. It's it's really Mm -hmm. intriguing. It really is. Yeah. It's so funny because it just always puzzles me on how in America, you know, they say we have the best medical, the best this, the best that. Then you go to other parts of the country and they don't have the type of medical uh, we have as far as whether it's doctors, nurses, you know, pharmacies, so on and so forth. Right. But yet American Americans are highly, you know, overweight, um, all kind of medical problems and issues. 
uh, whether it's the processed food or all these things, but you go to these smaller countries and you see people are like, you know, lean. Um, uh, they're going to these uh, particular, whether it's a witch doctor, whether it's a witch, whether it's a person, uh, a spiritual healer and getting all these processes and services done uh, that in America, we don't, most people don't even think about. You know, it just doesn't cross your mind to even do that. You know, it's just like, no, you're going to go get a pill. You're going to go see a doctor. You're going to pay a co-payment. You're going to do that whole process. He's going to tell you this, that, and a third. Um, but, you know, he's, you know, I don't know, went to school for, you know, uh, 20 years to say he's older doctor, 60 years, 70 years, right? Following a medical book that's been around for 100 years. But yet all these other practices that's been around for 10,000 right. years. And, um, but they don't want you to, do all that. You know what I'm saying? They, they want you to, to, to pay that payment, to go see your regular physician and so on and so forth. So I, I just find this whole thing of what you're doing and what's out there um, really incredible. And, um, you know, that, you know, more people should look into these different practices and just like yourself, everybody should, you know, who can um, and have the aptitude for it should be out there, you know, teaching and learning. You know, that's just Absolutely. my thought. Right? Sorry to go no, down that I, rabbit hole of, you know, <laughs> of the medical. I once had a buddy uh-huh. who told me that the, the government keeps us working in order to keep us from thinking. Yeah. And when he told me that, I mean, I had never thought of it that way. The government keeps us working to keep us from thinking. A lot of us have just become disconnected with Mother Nature. We've become disconnected from ourselves. Um, and what's going on out there is just, you know, get a pill and it'll fix it. It's a lot of inflammatory um, information that's being given to you and, and medication that's just being thrown at you um, where they're not really getting to the problem. Right. Yeah. They're they're more covering it up um, more than anything. But and that's what I love about this study and, and this rituals and this type of lifestyle is it's not so much about covering up, but let's find out why you're having, you know, why you can't sleep. Yeah. What is it really that's, that's causing, you know, your, your ailment. Have you done any type of, uh, cause again, I don't know what level you're at or how far mm-hmm. are you into, um, you know, um, certain things that you've done, but have you worked on people or did any type of, um, you know, um, healing practices for anyone? Yeah, actually today I, um, I got a tattoo and then I also gave my tattoo artist and her partner a cleanse. Um, and that entailed a white fire limpia, which is in essence, some Epsom salt, some, uh, rubbing alcohol, herbs, and we lit a fire in a pot and I sang a Yucatec Mayan song that was passed down to me by one of my mentors with a drum, um, asking pretty much for the four spaces to be incorporated to cleanse um, the space. Uh, along with that, we went through each room. Um, I asked them to you know, bring into the fire any low-lying vibrations, any negativity, anger, angst. Um, fear, anything that may be holding them back from their highest potential, bring it into the fire so that it can be um, pretty much diminished. It was a beautiful ritual. Yeah, that sounds, sounds incredible. 
So um, was there a particular reason they were getting that done? Did they have any issues beforehand or this was just, you know, a, cl- a, a cleansing uh, for that particular space? I think they were, they didn't want to really lead on to it, but they were fighting a lot. And okay. a lot of it came down to money as most of us, you know, can, can uh, agree or can at least relate to that. Yes. Um, they were um, quarreling back and forth because of, you know, the financial stress that we all go through every day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome that you were able to yeah. you know, do that for them. So what are your, you know, strengths, you know, you believe when it comes to, you know, what you've learned? Because are, are, are you uh, empathic? You know, do you have yes. like, okay. Yes. So when I was a little girl, I always had a sense that um, I could sense spirit. And very soon after that, I started getting dreams. And these dreams started to become um, premonition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel that I have that gift of premonition. Now I can tell when things are going to happen. I can tell when someone's going to say something or do something. It's, you know, people would say, oh my gosh, that is so cool and so awesome, but it it comes and goes. It's not like 100% every time. Mm -hmm. How about as far as um, reading people or being able to discern certain situations does things like that come to you or is it something that you're not you're not able to do because we approach everyone in buddhism i think kind of hinders sometimes that process because you approach everyone as if you they were your mother i know that sounds a little funny but you would be my mother you know and i would approach you with the love and affection and compassion that I would have for my mother. So we, we don't see any negativity or anyone who's like, Oh, they're toxic. We don't try and see them that way. We try to see everyone as an opportunity to, to have compassion built within them. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I, I'm <laughs> like it or not, you know, uh, an empath. Um, and again, it's, it, it comes and goes, but it's a lot of times it, it, it's there. That, that's why I don't like to be in group situations uh, mm-hmm. around a lot of people, um, which again, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll thrive in that environment. And, and the reason why I'll thrive in that environment, because I have to find someone to talk to, someone to take my focus off of the crowd and not in mm-hmm. the crowd sense of the people around me. And it's like coming in on me, the everybody's emotions or what's going on or people's feelings or you know, this dude just did something really negative and, you know, he's putting off this certain type of energy. But as I'm talking or, you know, I having a conversation with you, I'm trying to focus solely on you. So, and that keeps, keeps me, um, you know, on that path. Um, But if I'm just sitting in a room and just watching a room, oh, that can, (laughs) that's like, uh, that could be a dark day only because I, I tend to, to, feel like all the things that are that are going on you know with yeah. that situation and um sometimes it could be a game because i'll break people down and i'll you know play the game to myself meaning i'll okay this is this type of person and this person's like this and i'm getting taken up all this stuff about this person then i'll go and talk and have a chat with that person like yep 
that's that's that type. I knew that was that type of person because I felt mm-hmm. the energy coming off that person. So yeah, again, that's why I don't like being in uh, group uh, situations. But, and I've taken a class for that, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you take a class. It was this uh, psychic medium who taught us, and I don't know if this may help you at all, because I know I am empathic as well. Um, I can sense people's emotions, and I can take in people's emotions. So what yeah. you do is you draw your aura closer to you. And it takes time. It takes practice, but you draw your aura closer to you, and that helps control somewhat of what you're absorbing and it helps create a shield yeah see i'm bad in that way because one i'm not trying to ever hone anything which i should and so i'm more trying to push something away or like oh don't really exist you know that's my mindset always like Mm -hmm. you know my fake get out of jail free card Um, (laughs) because it doesn't work anyways But um, I'll just keep telling myself that one of these days I will buckle down and try to uh, do something like that. I think it would be way more beneficial than the way I've been dealing with it. So um, because the worst, <laughs> give you a quick, for instance, coworkers want to go out and, and drink or want me to come to an event. I don't drink. So when I'm at it, you know, any type of um, drinking establishment, people change like the wind. I mean, mm-hmm. this person will walk in like Mary Poppins and have that Mary Poppins energy and leave and will be the the last demon on earth, like ready to slay everybody. Yeah. Because the alcohol, whether it's, um, you know, people's true selves coming out, whether it's, um, you know, you're lowering your vibration and they're actually being, um, uh, uh, whatever's attached to them is being introduced or coming out, uh, that's possible. Um, so I do not really try to be around anyone who's consuming alcohol. Um, that's that is just, interesting. Yeah, that's that's just my thing. Um, so I find it easier just to slip out the back or be like, no, I can't make it. That's just uh, some of my craziness. <laughs> but I have an interesting story okay. that kind of coincides with, with the alcohol consumption. Um, it's somewhat of a spooky story, something that happened to me. Uh, I will say there's a trigger, trigger alert. Uh, for abuse and domestic violence in this story. Uh, But I had a couple of friends and they weren't really close friends, but they were just kind of these ladies that I hung out with. And we went to uh, one of the girl's houses, her apartment. It was her birthday and we were somewhat celebrating, eating tacos and just laughing it up. But The environment that she lived in was very, I don't want to be judgmental, but it's not an environment that I would keep my family or my son or my children in. But this individual was just very abusive with Mm -hmm. her children, um, you know, doing drugs in front of them, cursing at them, yelling at them. And it, it just it really caught me off guard. So we continued the evening. We continued the evening and, and we were just kind of talking about work and laughing it up. We decided to take some shots. Okay. Some tequila shots. And it, it was just the three of us and the kids were upstairs, her kids, her kids were upstairs. And I wanted to take a picture to capture the moment. When I took the picture of us, it was just our hands with the three tequila shots in the picture in the background was a bathroom and the bathroom door was ajar and 
you could see like the toilet and the sink and the mirror, you know, the entire vanity set of that bathroom. However, in the picture, what I captured was a shadow and the shadow was, and she was shaped like it had horns, like it had horns. And it was just very odd. It, it was like this gray, black, misty shadow that was captured in the background of us having fun, having these three shots. Mm. So I, I regrettably, I, I deleted the picture, but, and I'll tell you why here in a moment. So what I did was when I was looking through, I was looking through my pictures I saw the picture and I thought it was odd. So I sent it to my husband at the time, who's now my ex-husband. Okay. And he's the only person that I sent it to. And I said, isn't it strange? It looks like there's a demon in this picture, in the background, in the mirror of the bathroom. And he responded and he said, yeah, that's, that's very strange. Um, so I, we, we ended the evening, went home. I went home that night, um, got in bed, fell asleep within hours. And once again, trigger warning within hours, my husband had hit me. Um, we got into an altercation and he totally became someone else that I did not recognize that I would never, ever think would strike me. Yeah. And in the manner that he did and in the way that he did. But that brings me to my question is the question that I've had for a long time is, have you ever experienced any type of energy, energy transfer from a picture? I really feel like there was a demon attached to this girl and maybe was following her and somehow got attached to the picture as well. Yeah, that's interesting. One, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But yeah, as far as pictures go, the very early stages of photography, that was mm -hmm. the biggest issue was that um, people thought they can, especially Native Americans, thought that you, your soul can be trapped in, into a, in a picture like um, or, or entities basically can be trapped by you snapping that picture uh, because, you know, back at that time, there was a lot of, um, you know, different uh, chemicals being used for, um, you know, photo development. Sometimes pictures would come out, you know, looking like, sh you know, there was shadow or wispy, like smoke behind or in an image and just different things. But um, but a lot of people, and myself included, believe that you can trap or, again, I'm not sure about something coming out of the picture, but being able to see something attached to a person through a picture it, to me is possible because I've seen multiple pictures where the room was basically one person with just taking a picture or an image. And then you actually see something forming or formed in the actual picture. I'm just not too sure if I've ever heard of, a, a um, and again, if Stephanie Strange was on show tonight, um, she would probably say yes, because uh, just like an item can be haunted, so can a picture, depending on what type of demon it is. And is it looking for another soul to take or just a button to push to be able to be drawn out of that picture for whatever reason? 
Mm-hmm. So, so I believe, I, I believe it's definitely possible. And uh, listeners out there, if you guys ever encountered a situation to where you've came across a picture and a person saw that picture and, you know, whether they came possessed, whether they act differently, whether, um, you know, you now have an entity in your home that you never had before because, um, you know, someone showed you a picture or you were somewhere and, uh, you know, someone snapped a picture of you and then uh, you saw something in that picture and now that particular entity is in your home. Because to me, it would be the same like uh, possessing an item, you know, an entity yeah. possessing an item, you know, but yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely. It's interesting that, you know, and, and then were you always doing your practice? Well, at the time this occurred, were you still practicing your, uh, you know, spirituality as far as... Um, <laughs> Which is funny because at that time, I was not, I had not come into Mesoamerican ritual rites. This was beforehand. So yeah. this was your atheist phase of... This This was my Buddhist phase. Oh, okay, your Buddhist actually. phase. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, because I, I was just curious, like, okay, why, you know, you know, did... Do you do you remember feeling anything different? You went to bed that night and that was it? Then this person just... Like, it's like, what the hell, you know? I remember the next day, there was a lot of tension in the air. Yeah. I remember the environment had shifted. I remember um, my husband just being on edge more than usual, mm-hmm. you know, because he's he's military um, and he, he was a little edgy to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but more than usual, I felt like there was a shift of energy um, leading up to, it, you know, it, all I asked of him that evening was for him to open the oven door. Okay. That's what led into this, this huge regrettable incident. But um, for it to escalate from, hey, can you open the oven door to, you know, the way that it escalated, it just, it seemed way too out of the ordinary there was no altercation. People would say, oh, well, you know, maybe they were fighting or they, they're always fighting in that household. We had never argued like that before. We had never struck each other. Yeah. We don't talk to each other in that manner. It it was very obvious that the person that hit me that evening was not the person that I married. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But I, I do, you know, because again, that's a, there's a, so much going on right now, uh, whether it's in the news, whether um, it's behind closed doors about uh, entities uh, possessing people or, you know, and again, I don't I, w- I won't say like everybody is saying, you know, using it as an excuse, you know, to, to where, you know, because who, who goes to unpossessed, <laughs> you know, like first. Um, right. Well, OK, the lady who cut off her child's head and um or the lady who um you know drove over people and she was like okay i was you know something took over me you know so it's hard but a lot of that is going on to where there are extreme cases of violence and people are saying that they they were told they um uh something came and uh took over their body or something came and whispered in their ear and said you need to do this and you know there's a lot of that going on lately Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. um, so it's very intriguing. I don't know if it's just, you know, the shift in, you know, what's happening, you know, right now, the whole, you know, because again, a lot of 
you know, alien sightings, a lot of people questioning uh, different, you know, beliefs and, um, you know, as we're doing, but in a positive way, you know, go do something <laughs> spiritual, regardless of what denomination or uh, it is, but just, you know, try to, you know, find something that helps you, you know, center your life, center yourself and yes. um, to get you, you know, on the straight and narrow or just something that to have faith in and, you know, that all is not lost, you know, with uh, all the things and uh, drama, dramas that are going on. Again, I don't know if it's social media related. News travels extremely fast, not, you know, the way that it used to, you know, and everybody wants to be, you know, heard or famous or <laughs> Um, um, they want their 10 minutes of, of, of fame. And uh, so it's all intriguing, but let's go ahead and take a break. We had a, you know, good long session there, but it was really good. Erica, thank you for uh, being on tonight's show and uh, we'll be back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Strange Darkness Radio. We value your thoughts and opinions and we want you to be a part of our show. You can call our Strange Darkness Radio hotline at 916-741-3032 or email us at strangedarknessradio at gmail.com to share your stories or ideas. For more updates and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Strange Darkness Radio, Twitter at SD Radio, and Facebook at Strange Darkness Radio to join our ever-growing Strange Darkness Radio family. Stay connected with us, and together let's keep the mystery alive. Now back to the show. All right. Um, so since I have you on, and again, Erica is um, um, a listener who uh, I got in contact with, or actually she got in contact with me. And, um, you know, we were talking and chatting. I was like, man, you would be really uh, great, you know, to have on the show. And so she is gracing us uh, with her presence, which I do love. So uh, we have an audio that I want to play you off of an experience off of one of our listeners. We're going to listen to the audio, Erica. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after it's played, we'll give, you know, our thoughts on uh, what we think about this particular encounter. All right? All right. So growing up, my parents uh, cleaned restaurants uh, so they would kind of just go 2 a.m. and clean the restaurants and then leave around 6 a.m. So that was just what I grew up with my parents doing. And a lot of the times my parents, especially during summertime when there was no school, they would let me go with them to clean these restaurants. And my dad's always been a scaredy cat. My mom's always the tough one. Uh, but we, we, they <laughs> used to clean a restaurant called Mary Callender's. And it was owned by this, like, older lady. Uh, there was, a, as soon as you would walk into that Mary Callender's restaurant, it was kind of, like, very homey, uh, kind of hut. It, it's hard to explain, but it was just, like, a. I, I'm assuming they kind of try to resemble close to what her house would look like. But walking into that restaurant, there's a picture of her um, and the history of the restaurant. So she was very known for her pies. So they have a lot of desserts there. And walking in to that restaurant always felt really creepy. And my dad hated cleaning that place. And my mom always had the habit of when she walked in, she would say, 
hi, how are you? We're walking into your home. I'm just going to clean and then we're going to leave. And my dad always thought that was the weirdest thing. But my mom was like, I feel like I have to pay my respects to her and um, she won't mess with me. And the reason why she said she won't mess with me was because my dad always claimed to hear things and hear his name being called. Um, But my mom was kind of a little more skeptical at least she pretended to be because she also always routinely said hi to her (laughs) to her portrait but uh so there was this time that I was helping my parents clean the restroom and I'm just cleaning the mirrors and I hear a very faint whisper of somebody saying my name and it was just like a and that freaked me out. I ran out of the restroom, ran to my mom, and I was like, I want to go home. I'm, I'll just I'll just wait in the car, but I do not want to be in here helping you guys clean. And she was like, stop being so dramatic. Maybe if you just paid your respects to the lady when you're walking inside the restaurant, she wouldn't mess with you. Um, but that was just that time for me. I never kind of got messed with again. It was just always really creepy. But... Um, occasionally my parents would hear uh just banging on the front doors and shaking somebody would shake the doors really hard like they were trying to break in bang the doors in the windows and you would just hear like bang 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 and my parents would go outside like who the fuck is out there banging on this door at 3 a.m they would go out and there was nobody there and my mom has this best friend uh, who my mom would tell all her scary s- stories from that restaurant too. And she was like, I don't believe it. Things like that aren't scary to me. I want to go with you and see if it's true. So my mom was like, all right, well, come with me. So one of these nights, um, she decided to go with my mom and everything was perfectly fine. Um, they walked in, started cleaning. And then out of nowhere, she heard again, shaking of the front doors and bang again banging on the doors and the windows and she went outside to see who it was and there was nobody there and she was like bye i'm out (laughs) and she was like i am never coming back with you again that was so creepy i believe you now it is so creepy here i hate it um and yeah my mom never really experienced that much she would try not to get faced by things but again she was always the main one to try like try to let the portrait no i'm coming in not trying to invade your space just coming to clean do my job and get out but my dad was always the main one to talk smack and he was the one i was always messed with have you ever witnessed something you couldn't explain or felt you couldn't tell anyone about now is the time to tell your story on strange darkness radio hotline 916-741- Three zero three two. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. Spooky, <laughs> very spooky. Oh heck yeah! What what do you what do you think about that? Like, uh, it's a picture of a woman that hangs in a you know Marie Callender's. Whether or not the person is haunting it or it's because of the picture, all things are possible because you just never know. But exactly. um, 
but yeah, so um, so yeah, I would definitely be saying hi, Miss Whoever, and uh, I'm here to do whatever I need to do. <laughs> Just pay your respects, you know, if that's what it takes. Um, but yeah, that's that's really creepy. That was really creepy. I mean, listen, I'm gonna approach it first scientifically. Was mm-hmm. there a draft? Was it windy that night? Yeah. Could it be the foundations just settling? (laughs) But I mean, if they're cleaning this restaurant often and they're always getting this ominous type of feeling, um, go with your gut. Definitely there there has to be something there, right? That um, it doesn't feel right. So I'm with mom. I I would be saying, hello, good evening. I'm here to clean your house. Have a nice day. Exactly. Um, Yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely creepy. You know what's funny? Uh, A little... Side note is I was just talking to Stephanie Strange oh, okay. today. So it's I think it's funny that you mentioned it. Um, she is also from my country. Oh, yes. And yes, she I is. just uh-huh. I just put her on um some of the Mesoamerican, you know, knowledge and, and books and wisdom that I've acquired and I gave her some references. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. We we had her on and uh she's freaking um, amazing. A woman and uh she's uh doing a lot of good things out there and uh you know she's a real she again she if it wasn't for her i'll be flying solo every night so um so i to this day thank her for helping me find uh carolyn um for the show uh she's an incredible person and we'll actually end up having her back on also um man she has so much going on but yeah that's you know she's she's a real nice person if uh you guys definitely need to go check out uh, Stephanie Strange. I'm not sure if her Instagram right off the top of my head, but she's on the show. You can all that information is on um, a couple of shows back and uh, you guys can check her out. But uh, yeah, as far as the the Marie calendars, it could have been a homeless person just, you know, going at the door, you know, <laughs> trying to get in uh, for a snack. But uh, but no, your, your senses tell you a lot of people. um you know, negate or won't even think about their senses when something's happening. When your senses, you you, you get those uh, goosebumps, the hairs on your arms or back or neck start to stand up. And those are your senses that are telling you something's wrong. It's our, you know, you can call it animal instincts. You can call it what we used to utilize way back in the day uh, when we didn't have light, when we didn't have, um, you know, meaning, um, you know, electricity and fire and everything mm-hmm. else uh, that we, um, you know, take for granted these days. But, um, but yeah, so when you get all those things working, man, you better watch out because something's either near you, on you, and just because you can't see it does not mean it's not there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have one more, and this one is, uh, well, we have a couple, but uh, this one's really cool. This is... Um, this is a former co-host, uh, Tony. He, um, I was talking to him one day. It was a couple of weeks back. We were talking about the show and um, his departure and all that stuff. And again, he, you know, he wanted to uh, stay and do the show, but he just has so much going on, um, which I, you know, agreed. I was like, man, because this is like so much to do as it is. It's incredible. On that particular day. He had a weird or strange encounter. So let's go ahead and uh, play that. So this is going to be my last story for a while. This happened about a week or two ago. 
Um, I usually work nights. My girlfriend works days. So when she comes home, I have like a short period of time to get ready and take a shower. But when she comes home, I, I talk to her for a few minutes and we play with our son for a little bit before I go hop in the shower. So on this day, I go into the bathroom, I turn on the water, then I go back into the living room and I'm talking to her for like a good maybe five minutes. Then I go back into the bathroom. I end up um, being on my phone, just wasting time looking to see what music or what podcast I want to listen to. And all I all I hear is Paula walking into the room going, hey, where you at? And so I, I peeked my head out. I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, I just saw you look at me, smile at me and walk into the room. She's like, I swear to God. And she said, then I walked right after you and you wasn't there. And I looked at her like, what are you talking about? Like, I've been I've been in the bathroom the whole time. She was like, Anthony, stop playing for real. I was like, I promise you I was in the bathroom. She's like, that's so weird. Because as soon as I, well, obviously, you know, she didn't see me in the bath, in, in the room because she came afterwards into the room to see where I was at. And she didn't see me, but she was just so shocked that, you know, she saw me go into the room, but it really wasn't me. And me and Bobby talked about this, I think, a couple of days ago. And, you know, we're pretty much convinced this was a, a doppelganger. So, was it a doppelganger? <laughs> you hear yeah. a lot about doppelgangers. Doppelganger is very interesting. That is one of the most interesting things to me because whether or not it's a bleed over. I mean, there's so many possibilities, whether it's a different time and space that a person's seeing you in or another reality is bleeding over because it has you in it. Or, you know, um, there was one to where uh, a particular story about a guy who came home and he normally comes home at, let's say, an hour later, but he was an hour early. And so he came home. He did everything his normal way. Um, he was trying to go to the gym and he got his stuff together and he, you know, uh, told his wife goodbye. Never had like, you know, one on one contact, meaning he didn't kiss her goodbye or greet her um, face to face. He was pretty much just, you know, flailing around the house and, you know, grabbed his stuff like, oh, honey, I'm leaving. And then he closes the door and then, you know, not more than five minutes later, the guy walks in from work and then he's, you know, like, hey, honey, I'm home. And she's like, what the hell? And he's like, ah, you know, I'm not going to the gym today. I'm tired. I don't feel like, so you just left for the gym. And then so stuff like that, that, you know, it's always, you know, boggled my mind as far as these interactions that people have, you know, with uh, seeing different things and different people that are the same person or even yourself. Uh, what, what is your thoughts on it? Wow. So I have heard that if you see your doppelganger, that you will die. Ooh. I don't know the legitimacy of that <laughs> statement, but I don't want to test it. Yeah, um, you know, it, it very well be a, could be a, a wrinkle in time. Um, there's, like you said, so many possibilities out there of what that encounter and situation and moment could have been could have been a residual type of energy just like we have residual hauntings 
Could it have been a residual energy, an imprint of this individual just going through the motions? I, I don't know. Yeah. Which which pill did you take, the red or the blue? <laughs> that's a good one. No, that's, that's for real, man. It, it's just all about... Um, you know, time. Again, I don't know if it's a time thing. I don't know if it's a bleed over. I don't know if it's just, um, you know, the person's perception. Because it, it's different when you start hearing things, meaning you hear a door close. You hear um, wrestling, you know, the guy getting the back together. And the, and the question I had, which again, I couldn't interview the guy nor it was a story that he was telling and no one asked. I'm like, why wouldn't you ask that? Was his bag gone? Was his gym bag gone? You know, um, since the guy grabbed the gym bag and left for the gym. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, you know, like Tony's situation, you know, there was nothing tangible as far as like, um, you know, touching something, moving something, grabbing the keys, leaving the house. It was pretty much just seeing him and, uh, you know, which is strange, but we do have, uh, one that, uh, was a story that was emailed into us and, uh, we'll go ahead and play that also. Uh, let's guy do her thing. All right. All right. We have a doppelganger story submitted by Angela. When I was nine, I stayed home sick from school. I distinctly remember that I wasn't actually sick, simply playing hooky to avoid bullying, kids are cruel, as I did that a lot around that age. I awoke from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything. I had been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all of this. Now, whatever this thing was, it was entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe, but it's as if the only difference was that this thing pretending to be my mom had never felt a single emotion in its life. It was unsettling. It beckoned me, and I attempted to talk to her as I would my mother. She kept beckoning, refused to answer, and that's when I sensed something horribly wrong. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. It just kept beckoning. I bolted, running out of the room and into the yard, yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I'd just seen, and she soothed me with easy explanations that it must have been a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side the rest of the afternoon as I was a nervous wreck. That's my doppelganger story. I hope to hear it on the show. What do you think about that one? High strangeness for sure. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I heard of a story that was very similar to the beckoning, um, the beckoning section or part of, of that story mm -hmm. where it was actually an entity that Ooh. mimics a mimic, a mimicry, a, a mimicry type of entity that mimics for you. And I don't know, she didn't specify what she was beckoning her to do, Yeah, but um, I have heard instances where it's a negative entity kind of either asking you to open the door or to step outside or to do something that could put you in harm's way. Yeah, that's that's I, that's incredible to me, because uh, um, if I heard my <laughs> 
voice or someone calling me or someone who I thought, you know, was calling me. Because there's something about, they say, if someone calls you, if you answer, some weird, I forgot, I forgot what it was. It was something about if someone, if either if you hear your own voice call you, um, you're probably not going to make it. <laughs> or something weird like that you hear yeah if you if you're like sleeping or in some type of sleep state and you hear your voice call you that means you're either going to die or you're dead um Ooh. some some saying out there like that but yeah that's pretty wild but uh but yeah that's an interesting story um as far as you know again on the whole doppelganger you know thing um you know the person go ahead in all three instances, Bobby, have them do an egg egg cleanse. <laughs> have them do Olympia because it sounds like they need it. I heard that. I heard that. Also, you wanted to uh, do some cleansing rites. Um, do you have that with you? Uh, yes. So, well, I have an excerpt from a book that yeah. I wanted to, Erica Buenaflor's book that I wanted to read. Um, and it's basically, you know, when I pulled my DNA, I really felt, like I didn't belong, mm -hmm. right? I didn't belong in this Roman Catholic society and I didn't belong as an atheist. Um, and I didn't belong as someone who's necessarily a, a, a witch studying paganism or studying Wicca. Um, but after I finally started delving deeper and deeper and deeper into my Mesoamerican roots, mm -hmm. I finally started to understand where my, where I fit in in the world. So it's just a small excerpt from her book. Okay. So from Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo from Erica Buenaflor, tracing curanderismo practices to their ancient Mesoamerican roots allows us to reclaim indigenous healing methods that have historically been derided, ridiculed, and misappropriated. Reclaiming histories, ancestral medicines, and wisdom is often a critical component in the soul retrieval process for most Western peoples who typically have no connections to ancestral medicines and the wisdom and often feel disconnected as a result. This reclaiming is medicine in itself. It can inspire us to weave our disassociated ancestral wisdom back into our heritage, as well as learn from, respect, and honor indigenous traditions. So I found that very profound. I found that in studying cleansing rites mm -hmm. and my menstrual American roots, I felt more grounded, more connected. Um, to everyone, regardless yeah. of what they practice. Exactly, exactly. See, that's what I was terribly trying to say earlier, which I, you know, should have let you do that <laughs> earlier, so I didn't have to say all that. But again, I'm always one um, that just tries to look at things that worked, and you know, it's just amazing. People take for granted so much on how we got here, how we're right mm -hmm. here at this time with mm -hmm. everybody on this planet and from where we come from and how did we do it, you know, um, you know, without the electricity, without the um, drugs, without the, you know, social media and all the other things that go on. So to me, it's just always intriguing. Never take what you've learned 
and what worked in the past and, um, you know, uh, never take it for granted because one day Absolutely. it may not be there, you know, for you Absolutely. to grasp onto. And if we can just remember on how we built the pyramids and all these great uh, Mayan temples and everything else, um, maybe this world to be a little be a little bit better. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it won't be all like, you know, work until you die, you know, type deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got to have you back on, talk about Mayan culture in general and, uh, you know, what we think happened, you know, to the Mayans and uh, all the things that they were able to accomplish without without the without technology. technology that we know exactly. of right now, the technology that they were using, because uh, it must have been amazing to be able to chart the stars and everything else and uh, not be able to get in space or see the whole world, because a lot of people you know, believe that uh, if you're in California, you see the same star system all around the world. No, you don't. You see, uh, it's it's totally different. And um, so things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you you ever have um, a show or a segment where we're talking about um, folk, creepy stories of our countries. I know maybe hopefully Stephanie Strange has some from El Salvador. I know I grew up with my mom telling me some creepy stories from El Salvador as well. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to chime in. Oh yes. And what, what age did you leave? Uh, We fled. I was the age of three when I came to the United States. I was really young. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. And hopefully you guys, you know, uh, gained a little bit more knowledge about the different practices that Erica uh, does and is involved in. Uh, Erica, do you want to give your social out to people? Yeah, absolutely. You you have any questions or want to chat about it, chat it up. Um, you can definitely find me on Instagram as E-V-E-S-B-K, Eves B-K. Nice. Um, and then also like what Stephanie was saying, uh, and it works, uh, you got to get in those meetups <laughs> and, um, you know, I, th- I think at this point you can probably actually, uh, you know, host your own, um, you know, <laughs> in different, uh, Mayan cultures or paganism or, you know, uh, different things, you know, uh, you never told before we leave totally, I, w- I want to, you know, ask you about this, uh, pop it. So did you create your pop it or did someone create it for you and do you use it? Like real quick, what's up with that? Actually, I took a secondary class to the poppet, and what you actually took was a spirit doll. Oh, okay. And we had it being taught by an actual voodoo priestess. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, when you go to these classes and you learn, and I know you were asking earlier, like, how do you know that you're going to the right person or that you're studying the right book or the information that's being given to you is legit? Yeah. Just do your research. You know, if it feels right, go with it. If, if it's something that, you know, the, the person feels off, then, you know, you might want to take a step back and, and maybe find a different, different place or a different avenue or different recourse on where you obtain your information. But I actually have a spirit doll, so I don't have the pop. Oh, okay. Uh, it was one advanced class up and it's an actual spirit doll where we invoke a spirit into a doll. And she brought all of these different looking dolls from all over the place that she personally picked and, and, you know, chose. 
into the class and I got to take, we all got to take a doll home and called a, a spirit into it. Although I, I didn't finish that complete ritual. <laughs> uh, I, still, I did not feel totally comfortable. So, so that's what's been walking around your house. It hasn't found, <laughs> hasn't found a home. Exactly. Yeah, you might want to complete that. Yes. <laughs> well, again, thank you, Erica, for uh, joining me on tonight's show. Thank you so much for holding space for me today, Bobby. I truly, truly loved being on the show. Oh, you you are very welcomed, and I hope to have you back. And uh, we are out. Thank you. Ethel, do you know where you are? My body. You have passed over. You died. What an excellent day for an exorcism. We learned that for the, at least eight, the past eight years, military pilots frequently encountered unknown objects in controlled airspace off both the east and west coast across the continental United States in test and training areas and ranges. We don't know where they are, they come from, who made them, or how they operate. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My God. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, all thing, dude. Cleveland County 911. I don't know if I should have called this here or not, but... What's going on? If I had my camera, I'd take a picture of it. Take a picture of who? I don't know what... I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. I would not kill it because I was afraid to. But he went back up the mountain. Cleveland County 911. Hello. Can I help you? Yes. This is Tim. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably have my address. Yes, sir. What's going on now? Yeah, I shined the light on this thing. Okay, what did it look like? It looked like a giant ape with a man's face. But... I was afraid to kill it, and it made a whistling sound. He was about nine, ten foot tall, with real long arms. I go out there, he gets gone. Now come back in the house, and he gets back there again, and my dog is just raising his head. Without in any trouble, if I shot and killed this beast, this animal or whatever it is, would I get in any trouble? I, I can't answer that question. If he goes too close to me, I will kill him. <laughs>